Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for hopping on the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. Now, you knew it was going to happen sooner or later. You know, with so much parity across the NFL, you just knew the Eagles weren't going to go undefeated. But the team they lost to kind of surprised a lot of people and the manner in which they lost the game shocked a lot of people as well. So we're going to chop it up and break it down on the latest edition of Gun on One with my friend, my colleague, Seth Joyner. If you know anything about Seth, he tells it like it is. This is Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumoff, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is Eagles Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Basketball. Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun On One podcast. And what's happening? This is your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun On One. We're locked in to the Gun On One. Gun On One. Gun On One. You are locked on to Gun On One. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on Gun On One with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to Gun On One. It is a number one seed. All right, we are back on the latest edition of Gun on One. Once again, I remind you, it is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. And as I promised, waiting in the wings and who will join us right now is my colleague. And he is Eagles Hall of Fame linebacker, Seth Joyner. And Seth, I can't wait to talk to you. I got to talk to you because we do a Jacob Media pre- and post-game show together, but even more so on this podcast because um, um, I heard you on WIP Radio uh giving your take on the game and as you heard me say off the top of the podcast i mean you knew the eagles weren't going to go undefeated but we we knew it was going to happen sooner or later but the team they lost to and the manner in which they lost kind of shocked us all so first of all give me your your overall general perspective of what you watched on monday night uh you know digon it was it was just a disappointing um 
way to lose your first game of the season. You know, against a team that you just dominated in week three, um, it's, it's pretty evident that when this team is at full strength that, you know, the Washington Commanders should not be a, a, a problem for them. Um, and, and I can't put my finger on it. You know, I've looked at the game again. I can't really tell you why, um, you know, things have transpired, you know, Monday night the way that they did. But, you know, to your point, I don't think anybody expected for them to go undefeated, but we certainly did not expect for the Philadelphia Eagles to fall on Monday night in their home, in their own backyard, on the national scene, you know, to the Washington Commanders with Taylor Heineke, that's for sure. <laughs> I, want, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball first and, and then get to the defense. And, you know, Washington was the only team that held them to under 100 yards rushing their first meeting, and the Eagles still blew them out, killed them through the air. So I'm thinking, okay, they're going to come out and try to establish the run again because that is their forte. They ran the ball two times in the first half, Seth, and your lead running back, Miles Sanders, gets the ball one time? One time in a in the first thirty minutes of play, how's that possible, Seth? Well, listen, I, I sometimes these coaches outthink themselves and they try to out trick and out maneuver and out strategize, you know, the opposing coaches. And 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 trying to do that, they wind up, you know, tricking themselves. Um, I guess we should have known that something was wrong when. On the Eagles' first possession, they hand the ball off to Boston Scott, yeah. and Miles Sanders isn't even in the game. He rips off five yards, and they proceed to just throw, 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 throw the ball. Um, you know, I, I don't – I'm trying to understand what the game plan was because at least when they played him the first time, the game plan was to try to establish the run. Mm -hmm. They couldn't establish the run, and that put in, in Washington's mind that, hey, you know, at least they're going to try to run the football. So at least, you know, we'll worry about it. But this time they ran it that first time and they basically went to throwing the ball all over the map. Now, granted, they had some, they had some success, but I think that once Washington got to a point where it was pretty darn evident what they were going to do. And I think we knew what they were going to do going into the game mm -hmm. based upon what happened last Thursday night, you know, in Houston. But I think that once you realize that that was their game plan, that it was incumbent, on you, incumbent upon you to try to figure out, okay, how do I stem the tide? You know, if it's going to be, you know, a one score, you know, field goal type of game, because we obviously can't stop their running game with James Robinson, then we've got to counter with the same type of deal ourselves. And it'll, it will create a situation like it did for Washington. Um, for them to be able to get to their passing game in the most ineffective and in, in the most effective ways, if they could do that, um, D Gun, I just you know you've been knowing me for a long time, man. Yeah. And I always talk about offensive football and how important the running game is. I think if you begin to look around the NFL, and I get it, you know it's a copycat league, and everybody's you know going to do what the other team is doing, you know because that's the end thing, the 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 full thing to do. You know, at the moment, but I think you're starting to see a lot of teams are being are, are, are starting to re-understand um, what the running game means, and and, and really in particular um, with ineffective quarterbacks, 
with young quarterbacks and with developing quarterbacks. You just have to give them that element in order for them to grow into the game the way you want them to grow in it. I couldn't agree with you more in terms of the running game. It seems like it's coming full circle. Why do you think it's become the trend once again? I mean, you look at teams that are successful at it, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Green Bay. These teams are having a good measure of success running the football. Why do you think that trend is is trickling back towards the run game when when the game got away from it for a few years? Well, I think that, you know, to me there's only – you can count the amount of elite-level quarterbacks on one hand in in, in the NFL. You're talking about 32 teams. Most teams – are saddled with a quarterback who is trying to develop um, a young quarterback that they put some that that they've invested some draft capital and some draft stock in mm-hmm. um, a placeholder quarterback who they know that the more that they put the ball in the air with this guy, the propensity for turnovers and sacks and 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 interceptions, fumbles and things like that, the odds go up. Um, for that to happen. So I think the teams are realizing now that, you know, if if you can dominate the line of scrimmage and you can, you know, run the ball at will at a good, at a good pace. And, you know, you establish that, that it it helps with two things. The first thing it does, it opens up your playbook and you can run a lot more and it's easy for your young quarterback to, you know, pick the easy throws, the the low hanging fruit. Um, The other thing it does is, you know, it slows down the pass rush, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you're running the ball at such a great clip, you have to, as a defensive player, you have to um, honor the fact that they're ripping the ball, you know, through your defense at a four, five, six yard clip. Um, And that becomes very discouraging, not only for the, for the players on, on the field, but for that defensive coordinator is trying to figure out a way to stem the tide. Mm. Did did, did, did Jalen Hurts look off to you in the passing game? Uh, I, I, he had a decent game, but it, it, it seems like something just was off with his passing game. A, am I overstating it, or did you recognize anything? No, listen, I, I think that something's amiss with he and Devontae Smith. Um, the first two passes that he threw him on Monday night um, they were woefully off, you know, so I'm not sure whether it was Jalen was a route um, run incorrectly or what it was. Uh, but as time went on, they started to, to find their rhythm again. Um, I thought he played a halfway decent game. Um, it's hard to be effective when you only have 47 plays, um, mm-hmm. 47 total plays and, you know, going into the game, you lead the league with the amount of plays that you run each and every week with 68. That's, you know, you're talking about a 21-play drop-off. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get into some kind of rhythm all across your offensive, um, you know, perspective when you don't have enough plays. Conversely, Washington runs 50 plays in the first half, 81 <laughs> – 81 overall. I mean, they almost double you up, you know? So now you can understand because of the way that they ran the ball, they got rhythm with their, with their offense, you know, and you could see it early. I mean, I'm watching a game and, you know, we were sitting there watching together. I could see it happening. I'm like, my goodness, they are just gashing them right, gashing them left, gashing them up and up the middle. And I'm like, in a minute, in a minute, he's going to go play action pass. 
And he's going to probably get whatever he wants because he's established the fact that we can run the football, you know, at will. Um, so when I want to throw it, I can get what I need when I really want to throw it. And mm. the, the crazy thing is they would be in second and long situations. There was a couple of times where they got a five-yard penalty on first down, a 10-yard penalty on first down, mm. and yet and still they got themselves into third and four or less. I don't know how many times. So now you're you're caught in no man's land as a defender because they're ripping the ball at such a clip, rushing it, you don't know whether they're going to run it or throw it. Mm. I mean, that's that that's the power to me of the running game. And I don't care what era you, you grew up in or what era of football, you know, you're talking about. That's just a fact. The Eagles offense had the ball a little over six minutes the entire first 30 minutes of a game. Seth, to be honest with you, I can't remember, and not just the team that you watch closely, but anywhere in the National Football League where an offense only had the ball for six minutes over the entire first 30 minutes. Have you? No, but when they're controlling <laughs> – I mean, listen. Washington's controlling the clock via the run game. And you know what killed them in the first half? Those two three and outs. Yes. They were back to back. I mean, when a team is running the ball that way and then you go – three and out, three and out, that helps everything that they're trying to do. So it's going to look like you don't have any possessions. They're possession of, possessing the ball, and I think they had plays of um, 13, 12, 16, and 14. Mm -hmm. That's half of their possessions. And each and every one of those possessions, D-Gun, wound up being scoring possession. Yep. You know, Leading up to this game, the Eagles have probably been the most healthy team in the National Football League. When you've we've watched multiple multiple prominent players across the league fall by the wayside due to injuries. Well, Avante Maddox not available for this game. He's on IR, so he's going to miss at least three more games, including the game he just missed. Now, the big one, Dallas Goddard goes down with an injury. He is now out indefinitely. Seth, that is going to severely affect the tight end position in the passing game in this offense? Listen, it, it's, it's a huge loss for them because whether the rest of the National Football League wants to, you know, acknowledge it or not, Dallas Goddard was quickly become the best tight end in football. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. um, so for them to lose him, and then, you know, you've got A.J. Brown who's hobbled. Mm -hmm. um, trust me, he's not going to be 100% by the time we get to Sunday. Right. Um, so I think that's why you saw a little more Zach Pascal. That's why you saw, you know, um, Quez Watkins for the first time this year lead the Eagles in receptions and reception yards in a game um, yeah. because he just wasn't full speed after he got injured in the first half of that football game. So now you throw – you take those two guys away, it really minimizes, you know, what I thought the Eagles had done a really good job of you know, spreading the wealth from game to game, getting different guys, you know, involved, making it that much more difficult for defense coordinators to lock in on one guy. Um, but that's a major loss for them because not only is he a major weapon in the, in the passing game, and he and Jalen Hurts seem to be just, you know, in such good rhythm. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. he didn't throw him – he didn't go to him a lot with a lot of targets. You know, the last game I think he was eight – eight catches on 11 targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. But um, when he needed to go to him, and you could even see it last night, when he mm -hmm. needed when he needed him 
you know, for a big throw, um, he was always there. Mm. Who's going to be the guy at the tight end position that mm. gives you that? And then on top of that, I think the run game was really fueled, um, you know, in a lot of ways because of what he was doing from a blocking perspective at tight end. Now you got Calcaterra, who is more of a pass catching tight end, and you got Jack Stahl, um, who is more of a blocking tight end. Yep. And, you know, depending on how and when and where you have them in the game, it's a dead giveaway what you're going to be doing. All right, Seth, let's flip it to the other side, right into your wheelhouse, oh, the defense. Oh. <laughs> and, and everybody on the planet going into this game knew Washington's best chance to stay in this game was to run the ball and control the clock. How is it that we knew it on the outside looking in, but the players and the coaching staff on the inside looking out, they may tell you they knew it, they short and short on the football field because you allowed this team to run the ball 49 times, 49 times. They only yeah. averaged three and a half yards a carry, yeah. but 49 times and you couldn't get them off the field, Seth. I don't understand what the mindset of the coordinator and the player personnel was. Well, listen, I, I, I honestly think that, you know, sometimes as a defense coordinator, um, especially when you're eight, no, and no one's, you know, people have kind of tampered down, you know, the talk about Jonathan Gannon in this defense, you know, I mean, listen, I, I did it last week out of, you know, well, hell, they must be doing something wrong. They hate no, you know, so let me just step back from this, you know, off this pedestal of, of not them not being aggressive and them not, not getting it down because they must be doing something. They're undefeated in the national football league. Mm -hmm. Well, Look at here, look at here, look at here. Mm. Okay. Um, a week later, what do we get? We get the same thing because I'm telling you right now, if if Antonio Gibson and James Robinson didn't look like a clone of um, Damian uh, Pierce, Pierce yeah. last week all over again, if the game plan didn't look the same, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, we talk about the players, you know, reading their press, their press clippings and the players, you know, smelling themselves, you know, because they were undefeated. You know, you could probably look at that game last night and ask yourself, has Jonathan Gannon been smelling himself? You know, <laughs> has, has he been, you know, reading his press clippings? Because, you know, even Troy Aikman last night in the broadcast, oh, this guy, you know, is doing a fantastic job. Well, your, your offense is averaging 28 points a game. 28.1 to be exact. You know how easy it is to play defense when your when your offense is giving you 28 points on average per week. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so they go into the game last night, um, and I believe that John DeGannon thought that you know the Damian Pierce um, situation the week before was just an anomaly, and quickly he found out that you know Houston we got a problem. Um, and this problem is going to persist because you're just, you don't have Jordan Davis. Um, uh, Fletcher Cox looks like a shadow of him, old, his old self. Mm -hmm. Um, Javon Hargrave, you know, I think has the ability to be a run stopper, but you know, neither one of those tackles really want to have to stop the run. They really just want to pass, you know, rush the passer. Um, an old great defensive mind, 
that I played for once in a, once upon a time said, hey, you have to earn the right to rush the passer and you have to earn the right for me to call blitzes by stopping the run. Because if you don't stop the run, you don't get to rush the passer because they're going to play action you and you're always going to be a step behind. I can't call blitzes, you know, unless they're dialed up called run blitzes because you haven't stopped them from running the ball. Once you make them one dimensional, now you can you can get done. You can start to have some fun. Yeah. But when they got that two-way goal, man, it's really, really hard to play defense. It's so hard to play defense. And, I, and people just don't understand. I mean, even the keys, when you read your keys, sometimes the keys are lies, you know, when you're reading them. Um, and I'm looking at the linebackers. I mean, you know, both – both um, T.J. Edwards and um, Kazir White, you know, listen, yeah. man, they played their two worst games in back-to-back weeks. And a lot of that you can attribute to the fact that the Eagles, you know, without Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. they have to play a lot more four-man than they really want to. And, you know, when you double those two tackles in the middle and those linebackers don't understand where they fit because they really can't see the flow of the play – and they don't come down downhill and they don't pull those double teams off those tackles. You know, the results of the last two weeks, D-Gun, is what you get. You know, if there's one aspect of defense that I know that really gets your blood boiling and raises your blood pressure, it's linebacker play. Not just with the Eagles, but across the National Football League. Yeah. And, and tell the listeners what it is about linebacking play in the NFL today that just makes you grit your teeth across the board. You know, they're, they're so fundamentally, you know, unsound when I watch these guys play. There's only a handful of guys that really know what the heck they're doing when you watch them play. It, you know, it, you look at Matt Milano. Now, granted, they they protect him a lot, and he, but he and he makes a lot of tackles. The guy understands football. He understands schematically how you're trying to attack him mm-hmm. based upon how he looks. So when he's looking at those big butts in front of him, he already knows. If the ball goes this way, I got to get to this gap. If the ball goes this way, I got that gap. And guess what? The minute he reads, based upon, you know, the flow of the offensive lineman, he's in the backfield right now. Um, Davis, Mm -hmm. the linebacker that plays for New Orleans, Mm -hmm. is another guy. Very, very savvy and very crafty, very smart football player. You see him just making plays all over the field. You know, when I look at our linebackers, you know, sometimes they seem a bit confused about where they fit, you know, where their run fits are in the defense. Um, and then the other thing that, that drives me crazy, too, is that, you know, when a team is running the ball down your throat and you want to force them to have to throw the ball, then go to bring an extra backer in the game and get out of nickel, okay? The extra backer in the game will help you be able to fill those spots, that, that extra void, mm-hmm. where you normally have to drop a defensive back down, you know, in the box. And guess what? Those guys really don't understand how it is that they're supposed to play linebacker as a defensive back. You know, they're hoping that within the seven or the eight-man front that they're the free guy. But guess what? Nine times out of ten, they run away from one of the defensive ends on the on the end, and they leave him unblocked. And guess who gets blocked? That guy that don't really want to be down in the box, that don't want to be in that mix. But the linebacker play is really critical. And I'm not so sure, D-Gun, that they train these guys' eyes the way they train our eyes back in the back. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Those, just those two that I referenced, and I'm just referencing those two. There's one or two other guys that are really good at the linebacker position, you know, in the National Football League. But your eyes never lie to you. You know, when you're when you're reading what you see, what is it that your eyes is telling you? Are you mm -hmm. following what it is that your eyes, what you've trained your eyes to see? A, what you've trained your eyes to see schematically. That's blocking scheme wise. And, you know, are you allowing yourself to believe what it is that your eyes see based upon your film study all week and how a team is going to try to attack you? And then lastly, you know, is the guy that you're sitting in his meeting every single week, does he know enough? Does he have enough wherewithal? Can he give you the tools to put within your toolbox that you carry with you in the game to be able to get done what it is that he requires and what he wants you to do? Um, if that guy can't do that, then guess what? You're going to see more and more games like you see, like you saw last night where teams can't control the run yep. because, you know, listen, you're, you're at a disadvantage anyway, you know, because nobody's really running a 4-3 or 4-4 a 4-3 or 3-4 anymore. You know, almost every team is 75% of the time they are a 4-2 defense. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have two hell raisers that really understand how they fit you know, in your defensive scheme each and every week, you're going to have problems, man. The game has changed so much since you played it in terms of putting limitations on the physicality of defensive players. Mm -hmm. Could you have survived and thrived in today's game with your well, style of play? I, listen, I, I think that, that that's such a, you know, subjective question because mm – -hmm. Um, if you took me out of my era and put me in today's era, it'd be hard. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to believe that if you, you know, took my skill set and raised me in this era, mm -hmm. that I could be, you know, successful. Because one thing I had to do, D Gun, a because you know I was an eighth round draft pick, and right. b, you know, just because I was a student of the game, I was gonna grind it out. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was going to watch the film. I was going to study the game plan. I was going to take, you know, a half a, a half a legal pad worth of notes every single week. The one thing I wasn't going to be is I wasn't going to go into a game and not be prepared. Um, now, are there some anomalies within the framework of a game? Because offensive coordinators are smart enough to, to self-scout and key break and do some things different. Absolutely. But that's where, you know, you, you, you lean on and you rely on you know, the keys um, that you get and and and, be, and believe in what it is that your eyes are telling you, you know, to combat that. And then you make those notes. You know, that's, that's the other thing. You know, when you're studying, when you're studying film in this information age and you got an iPad or a Microsoft Surface Pro, you know, and everything is right there for you. Are you writing down these notes that are implanted in the database so that when you see something, you know, you, you can you can make a play? I've been in, you know, as an intern, I've been in that in that room before um, where guys are sitting there and they don't have a pen and a piece of paper. 
All they got is their, is their device. And how much retention goes on when you don't really write stuff down to where your eyes see it and then your brain sees it and then it's locked in. It's, it's, it's different, man. It's, it's, it's a different deal. So that's why I say that is a subjective question in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, one of the best quotes I saw on social media um, was after the game when somebody said, Jonathan Gannon's pass defense plays a COVID defense 10 <laughs> feet apart. One of the best lines I've heard yet. And as you might expect, everybody once again screaming, fire Jonathan Gannon, fire Jonathan Gannon. I I'm not there in terms of putting the words fired, the word fired next to Jonathan Gannon's name. I mean, after all, they're only giving up 17 points a game. They're by far the best team in the National Football League in takeaways. But what does Jonathan Gannon need to do to fix this problem, especially the run problem? Because they're going to face some outstanding running backs coming up. Listen, Milton Williams and, um, you know, Tui Palopo have yeah. – they, they tried, man. They yeah. tried. They're not – there's a reason why right. they were drafted where they were and Jordan Davis was drafted where he was at 13 last year. There's a, there's a reason. It's, it's simple. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe that, you know, Jonathan Gannon has got to get a little more creative in what he does. Right. Um, you know, if, if you have a smaller defensive front, and I, I don't know um, all the numbers on the defensive tackles for the Philadelphia Eagles in particular, I know that Jordan Davis is, you know, 340-plus, Um you don't have another one of those guys mm -hmm. with that kind of mass. So if you're a smaller defensive front, the one thing you can't do is you can't predictably line up every single play and give the, the offensive line a pre-snap look of where you're going to be when the ball is snapped. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that means that you're going to have to do some slanting, some looping, some stunting, you know, run some run blitzes, you know, where everybody's responsible for a gap. I mean, if you think about it, if you can, if you can put, you know, a butt in every gap across the board, D-Gun, and everybody just stays where they are and they don't get pushed, do you realize you just built a wall that's mm. impenetrable, mm. okay? That's hard because you got the defensive linemen that are on the line and you've got linebackers and defensive backs that are off the ball. Yep. But when the ball is snapped, it requires them to read which way the ball is going, what the blocking scheme is, and then everybody to fit in their gaps. Okay? So I get it. That's hard to do. But you've got to figure out a way to get some penetration. Tui, Tui Palopu, one of, the, one of the, 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 the positives of him when the Eagles drafted him, I looked at his scouting report, that he was a guy that lived in the backfield. You mm. know, So I don't know, are the Eagles trying to two-gap everything? Are they trying to play a gap defense? Um, you know, are they trying to, you know, hold guys off, you know, on double teams so the linebackers can get to get to the gap? And I, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon's philosophy is, but whatever it is, you know, he's going to have to make some changes to it until they can get Jordan Davis back because what they're doing right now yep. just is not working. Their front four cannot thrive and survive mm -hmm. um, in the run game with just four down. Um, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to do some unconventional things. Um, you're gonna start walking some linebackers up in the gaps. Um, you're gonna have to, you know, maybe in, in implement, especially when you get 
you know, regular personnel with 12 personnel, one tight end and two, two tight ends and, 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 and one back, you're going to have to start, you know, adding that extra linebacker in the game where you put him up on the ball maybe and you, you know, take that defensive end instead of kicking him outside the defensive end and create such a uh, – the, the tight end, such a wide hole. Yep. You know, you kick him down in the five, you know, or, or, or a, a four technique, if you will, um, just to get an extra body there, to minimize the, the holes. Because I'm telling you right now, the only – what you're getting is you're getting so much push because of the double team. <clears throat> by the time the linebackers react and by the time – you know, the defensive backs that are hovering down around the line of scrimmage, by the time their eyes believe what they see, it's already too late. You know, you're, they are, they're already standing at four yards and they're pushing for five, six, or seven. Um, so it, he's going to have to do that. You know, that's the first thing. And then, um, you know, what he likes to do is play a conservative style of defense, you know, on the back end. You see a lot of cover six and a lot of cover four out of this football team. Yeah. We'll sprinkle them with a little bit of cover two every once in a while and a little bit of man, but they don't disguise what they do. You know, I can look at the back four and tell you when they're in quarters in, in quarters coverage right. and when they're in quarters, quarters halves. And it's a pre-snap read, and, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to figure it out because they line up in it and they don't deviate from it. They don't roll coverage. They don't do anything that plays with the in, the intellect of the quarterback. What you see is what you get, and you cannot mm-hmm. play that way. You can't play that kind of football in the National Football League when you have an 8 by 10 piece of paper folded in half, and that's your playbook for the week. Yeah. You got an offensive coordinator that's got a billboard in front of his face, and he's holding it like this, you know, and he's got all those options. He's got more options to outmaneuver and outstrategize you than you have for him. So you've mm. got to do some things differently. You know, they're going to play a litany of outstanding backs coming up in the weeks to come, and it all starts this upcoming Sunday against Indianapolis and this kid named Jonathan Taylor. You know, a few weeks ago, I would have said, you, you don't ever take for granted an opponent. But mm-hmm. this was a, a Colts team that was reeling and going nowhere fast. All of a sudden, they bring in a Jeff Saturday off the street, a former player <laughs> who hadn't coached anywhere. And he says, I'm just going to delegate. And lo and behold, the first thing he does is, uh, Sam Ellinger, you're back on the bench. Matt Ryan, you're quarterbacking again. And all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor gets healthy after missing a series of games. He busts loose for a buck 47. How concerned are you about the Eagles going into Indianapolis and now playing a somewhat new look Colts team. I'm very concerned because I want you to understand not only how that move, you know, um, you know, how debilitating that's going to be for the Eagles, Mm -hmm. you know, to have Jonathan Taylor run 22 times for 147 yards and a touchdown, but what it meant to Matt Ryan, who had been struggling, you know, in the same vein, because he ran the ball so effectively yesterday against the Raiders, guess what Matt's numbers were? Matt was 21 for 28, Jeez. 221 yards, one passing touchdown, and dare I say he ran for another one, D-Gun. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay? So if people don't believe that me standing on the hill talking about the importance of the run game is important, go and watch the replay of mm. the game yesterday with the Indianapolis Colts because – Jonathan Taylor had been hurt. He'd been out of commission for a while. They traded Naheem Hines, okay? 
So mm-hmm. they didn't really have a running game. So all the, whoever they put in the quarterback was going to struggle. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Saturday is the recipient of a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Mm. They, they're pretty balanced, run-to-pass ratio, and out the gate, a head, guy who's never been a head coach before wins his head coach, coaching debut. Mm. Uh, now, you talk about that lineup, um, and I was taping my show today, yeah. and I took down some notes, and I looked at that lineup, D-Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So let me run it down for you. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to look like over the, the 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 rest of the season. Okay, you got um, Jonathan Taylor coming up. Then you got AJ Dillon slash Aaron Jones coming up with the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Then you got Derek Henry. Okay. Then you get the Chicago Bears, and yeah, that might look like an easy one, but guess what? Um, um, Justin Fields. Ain't throwing the ball all over the place, but he running all over everybody. Exactly. Even they ain't winning. Okay? Exactly. Then you got Saquon. You got Saquon twice. Yeah. Okay. And ain't nobody talking about it, but Alvin Kamara is still down there with the Saints. Yes, he is. That's where you finish up. And then you got Ezekiel Elliott and and Pollard, who is a formidable twosome. Every yeah. team that the Eagles have left have the capabilities of doing what the Houston Texans did to him on Thursday night mm-hmm. and have the capabilities of doing what James Robinson and Antonio Gibson did on Monday night against them. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you ask me, am I concerned? Very. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my final question to you is a question I've asked you and I know a hundred people's of a hundred, hundreds of people have asked you this question because I've heard a lot of them ask it. Uh, of you, but I'm going to formulate it a little bit differently. I'm not going to ask you, will Seth Joyner ever coach in the National Football League? I'm going to ask you like this. At this stage of your life, do you even care if you coach? I mean, you have multiple platforms going on, radio, TV. Do you even care at this point? I mean, you're passionate about the game. You're one of the most knowledgeable people I've had the opportunity to get to know and call a friend and over my four decades of his, of being in this industry. But I look at what you're doing now and I'm fortunate to be a part, small part of some of the things that you're doing. Do you even care at this point if you ever coached? Well, first of all, Degon, let me say, you know, uh, I'm honored to, that, that you call me friend because not very many people, you know, you don't, I know you, you don't call a whole lot of people friend. No. And to be honest with you, none of us have a whole lot of people that are truly friends. Exactly. Um, so I'm honored, you know, to be called that. The, the, to, to answer your question, um, not all coaching, coaching situations, coaching jobs are created equal. Mm-hmm. You know, by that I mean, um, if the opportunity presented itself, there aren't that many jobs that I would take understanding what that environment and what that would look and feel like. Um, do I care about coaching? Hell no, man. You know, I'm living my best life right now. You know, I get to sit, you know, every Sunday, um, and do a pregame show with you and do a postgame show. You and you, you and Mark Farzetta. Yeah. Then I get to do, you know, a postgame show with you and Mike Miss and Devin Caney, yeah. you know, for two hours after every game, we get to, I get to watch the game with you and have the fun that you and I and, and, Me antagonizing and, you? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, and then then I get to I get to, you know, 
get up on Monday morning and be on with Angelo Cataldi and, you know, do the dance with him and all his shenanigans, you know, yeah, yeah. on a, on a Monday morning. Um, and then I get an opportunity, you know, to do my own show, um, to do my own thing, host my own show, yeah. you know, on TV right here in, in Philadelphia on, you know, PHL 17 and NBC sports, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sweating the coaching thing. Um, I'm doing what I love to do. I get to talk about football. Yep. I get to analyze the game. Um, you know, for the team, you know, that I will love forever. Um, and, you know, coaching takes a lot, man. You know, it's, it, to me, it takes a lot that's unnecessary. And I think that it's done that way by design. Because, you know, you got to realize, D-Gun, back in the day, I had to take a beta tape and put it in. Or, oh, yeah. or, or VHS tape and put it in and pull up my information and do my study. Mm. these guys everything is computerized mm -hmm. if you want to play back in the day you had to like put the tape in fast forward the tape you know to get to the play you wanted to get to now all they got to do is tap it in on the keyboard bam yeah right now yeah. you know they, they got access to all the information that they need you've got a a data analytics department that's giving you all the probabilities and all of the tendencies and and, and everything that you need you don't have to research that stuff out it's given to you, man, you know? Mm. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think that, you know, the technology has made the game, you know, as great as the technology is, I think it's taken something away from the game mm. in the, from the standpoint of the time that one commits to being, you know, a master of their craft uh, because it's so easily, you know, accessible for you. Um, and, 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 to your point about coaching as a coach, you know, yeah. do you really need to be at the facility 13, 14, 15 hours every day when you have all of these, you know, you have all of these technologies and mm -hmm. then, you know, it's not really you that's doing all the prep work. You got all the do boys behind you that's breaking down all the film, that's drawing up all the play cards for practice, you know, that's giving you the information that you need. All you got to do is get your guys prepared as a coach. All you got to do is understand the game plan, be a part of the game planning process from week to week. Um, so, listen, I do a lot of that, you know, preparing for the game every week. That's right. Oh, I want the headache of, you know, being a coach, <laughs> you know, unless unless the situation was right. You understand? I'm, I'm not walking away from what I love to do and what I'm doing right now to jump into the potential of having your ass fired because, you know, you got a defense coordinator, you know, that is doing things in a way that's jeopardizing everybody's job. You're right. You know? You're right. And, and let me put, let me also put this to, to rest. A lot of people, I hear a lot of people, and I see a lot of comments on social media. People say, oh, Seth, you know, he's old school. He can't, he can't coach in today's NFL. Um, you know, he's scared of players to death. Hey, listen, I've worked with players in the offseason, professional players in the mm -hmm. offseason. Um, and I got a wealth of knowledge that I can offer those players. Um, I can, I can show them things and teach them things that maybe some of the, these young guys who are in the game today, coaching the linebacker position, they don't have that. They don't have that information to pass along. Right. Um, I played on a team in the national football league for 13 years. I know how to be, you know, a team player. I am paid for my opinion. Right. Okay. But also understand, you know, the, I understand authority, you know, 
if I'm a linebacker coach, that means an assistant linebacker coach, that means that I'm 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 an assistant under somebody else. Right. Okay. So when he asks me for my opinion, then and only then, you know, do I give him my opinion. Mm-hmm. If I'm a linebacker coach, I'm under a defensive coordinator and a head coach. So I, I only I'm working with my guys. I only give those guys an opinion when they ask for an opinion. I know right. what it is to be on a team, and I know what it is to be a part of a team. Okay, that will never quench my fire for how I see the game and how the game should be played. I'm yeah. going to coach my guys the way that I need to. I'm going to get to know each and every one of them. I'm going to find out the guy that I can coach the whole unit through, the guy that I need to kick in the ass and the one that I need to pat on the back. I understand that because I watched that as a player for years. So for someone to believe that, you know, I couldn't be a benefit to them, you know, in some way as an ex-player, as a guy who understands the game, as a guy who 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 grew up in the in, in the defensive world with some of the greatest minds that's ever coached the game, that's absurdity. Mm. But I don't have to go begging for that job. What I got right here and what I got right here is valuable. If somebody wants it, they better come get it, and they better pay me to get it. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting my behind right next to you and Mike Miss every Sunday. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. And for all the viewers and listeners out there who don't know, now you know, Seth Joyner is all over the place. You just heard him talk about You can see the Seth Joyner show on PHL 17 and NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can hear Seth every Monday morning or every morning after the Eagles game on WIP 94.1. And, of course, he does the pre- and the post-game show for Jacob Sports Media YouTube channel with me, Mark Rosetta, Mike Missing and Devin Caney. Seth Joyner, I know your time is valuable, my brother, my friend, but I thank you so much for taking some quality minutes to hang out with D-Gun on this podcast, man. Anytime for you, my brother. Anytime for you. I'll see you next week. All right, brother, you take care. That's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. For my colleague and friend, more importantly, Seth Joyner, I'm Derek Gunn. As I tell you each and every week, hey, everybody, please, out there in the world we live in today, stay blessed. But more importantly, Extend yourself a little bit and be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, we out of here. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.